What's up? It's Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light, take time to chill. It's Under the Hood. Follow us on the gram at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. What's up and welcome in. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Open phone lines for you. 312-332-ESPN-332-3776 the phone number. Follow me on Twitter, Twitter.com, Tweet J Hood. So glad that you're with us. Hope that you had a great weekend. And we're going to have a great week um, here as we start talking about actual live sports. It happened over the weekend. Eric, I was so happy to be able to turn on baseball. Thursday we were off from Under the Hood because we were uh, because of Major League Baseball. We aired the first game of the year. You were there uh, running the board for it. And I watched some of the, those games from Thursday. And then, of course, Cubs and Sox kick in. And they have their series. The Cubs have their series against Milwaukee. The Sox have their series against the Minnesota Twins. Oh, I can't stand them. Uh, And so it was just great to be able to watch that. And then along with that, so then I'm watching uh, Detroit-Cincinnati yesterday in the Hood Cave. I'm sitting there. Me and the Crown are sitting there together. and We're watching baseball all weekend long, Tampa-Toronto. I'm tweeting at Dave Wills, Chicago's own, Oakland's own, uh, one of the Rays uh, radio uh, you know, analysts. And so um, we're talking about the, the Tampa Rays and talking about Toronto, which was a really good series. And uh, watching the Angels, watching the A's, it was fun. It was fun to have live sports because many people have been complaining, like, you know, coronavirus is taking away my love for sports. It's making me feel bad because we don't have sports. Well, you get sports now. And so it was just good to see that. Even though it, it it's not the same feeling as a full stadium across the country and baseball starting in July, it is weird, but at least you have something to have be on your television. So I was happy to see that. It was nice. Like, I work really early Saturday mornings here. Mm-hmm. I couldn't put myself to sleep Friday night because I was way too excited staying up and watching baseball. Yeah. Like, normally I'm in bed by 8.30. It was like 10.15, and I'm, like, sitting here just on my bed watching TV, watching, watching Cubs because I couldn't, or watching White Sox at that time. And, and the reason, So nice. And you know why that is, Eric, is because it's just part of the normalcy for us as sports fans to be able to have some kind of live sports on. Yes. It's, it doesn't, it's not quite the same because these players are playing in empty stadiums and they're doing all they can to give you that feeling that, Hey, baseball is here. The players are here. Even though the fans are not here, we're here to entertain you throughout this pandemic. We are here to do this. And that was great for me to be able to see that listening on the MLB app, listening on the ESPN app, watching it uh, on the package. It was, it was great to see that because during this time we'd be watching baseball after the All-Star break to see how good our teams are as we get closer to the trade deadline. Like It's the 27th of July. We will be talking about like the trade deadline by now. But, of course, 2020 is different. I just want to be able to look at what's been going on here with the Miami Marlins, with their outbreak. Have, they had to cancel their game. 
And a couple, and another series also had to be canceled because of the Marlins. They actually had players that tested positive for coronavirus, and yet the Marlins still played their game on Sunday. So as we talk about this here on Monday night, no Baltimore, Miami, no Yankees, and Philadelphia Phillies. It's not happening. You know why it's not happening? It's because it's an outbreak of COVID-19. And that is the reality of what is facing our world. There are so many that understand why it's important to be able to wear a mask, to be able to make sure that you are safe, that you make yourself safe, that you make others safe, just in case. Even if you're 50% on board with COVID-19, if, if a business or a workplace says it's important for you to wear a mask, for those that, re, that rebel against it and say, it takes away from my freedoms. Oh my God. And mask. Why? The reason why is because you want to make sure that you don't get someone sick or someone doesn't get you sick. But see, here's the thing. 2020 is very compelling to me, even more so than last year. You know why? Because every time on your social media, you see someone that says that COVID-19 is not real. And COVID-19 is something that's just made up. It exposes that person and exposes the amount of idiots in our country and around the world. See, I have to classify it that way because there's so many selfish people in our world. Plenty of selfish people. It's just about me and mine. I couldn't care less if you get sick or not. A perfect example of that is that if someone is getting their ass beat in the streets by two or three people, four or five people, you'd rather be able to film it than call 911. How often have you seen that on your social media where someone is in peril, someone is in real trouble, but now I got to make sure I got that framework just right on the camera. Let's make sure that we film this lady going after a bus driver, taking down his uh, mirror, and making sure that she is running people over. Let's make sure that we film it other rather than call the authorities. That's the, that is really selfish people because I got to make sure that I get on world star. I got to make sure that it's on Twitter and social media. So people can see how good a camera work I did for something that was really bad. Something that is not normal. But you see, that is normal for 2020. Just like those that look at coronavirus and believe that this is not real. See, it's not along party lines anymore either with coronavirus. It's not about party lines. President Trump is wearing a mask. So it's not about your freedoms and trying to follow along with someone that someone is saying in Capitol Hill at the White House. What's happening here is that people could not care less about you. That's what 2020 is. That's not for everybody. I'm not making a blanket statement for those though, that look at this as saying that, well, all those doctors that are coming together to try and save people's lives and people traveling across the country to go to medical facilities and hospitals to try to save people. That's not real. They're just there to make sure that everyone gets Sudafed and make sure that they go home because it's just the sniffles, right? Coronavirus is real. Just like coronavirus is real in Major League Baseball and across these sports, there's a reason why that the NBA and the WNBA and Major League Baseball and the UFC are, are pretty much performing in a bubble. is because they don't want anyone to die from it. 
I had a cousin who died from it. Stacey King had a brother who died from it. So, again, for those that are selfish and think it's all made up, keep in mind, Major League Baseball, I think they think it's real, but they didn't think it was real enough to put their players in a bubble. The Chris Black plan on Twitter is better than anything that Rob Manfred and the owners put together. The Black plan made a lot of sense to be able to have three bubbles for Major League Baseball in three different cities, have games across the, across the day, and to try to continue to test and make people safe. Now, it's never going to be perfect, but the point is, is that when the players go home at night, you don't know where they've been. You don't know where they've been. And so instead of allowing players to just punch the clock, well, see you tomorrow, Charlie. Punch the clock going in and punch the clock going out. You want to keep the players safe. Yeah, Major League Baseball is not concerned about making the player, keeping the players safe outside of the testing. The NBA and the National Hockey League took the extra mile, though. They took it even further to make sure that the players are safe. That's the one thing that should matter is the players being safe. It's an outbreak in Miami. And so now the other players are not even sure from the Yankees to Baltimore to Philly whether or not they're going to be safe or not. But again, for those that don't believe in it, whether they're baseball players or baseball personnel and don't think this is real, this is real when you have 13-plus, maybe 15 people from the Miami Marlins that are diagnosed with the coronavirus. It's a virus. People are dying from the virus. <laughs> people ask for live sports. They get it, and then it's like, people are just like, I'm not going to watch because it's got coronavirus, so I'm not going to respond to Hood about the coronavirus. Why? Why? It's real. It's as real as me sitting here doing the show. And I could see a situation where baseball has to fold up again, postpone, or cancel the season because of this virus. I'd hate to see it because I'm enjoying the live sports, even though it's not what we're accustomed to, but at least it's baseball. Some thoughts from David Schoenfield. We'll hear from him, uh, who writes for Major League Baseball's uh, ESPN.com column. We'll get his thoughts about his reactions to the Marlins and also his first takeaways from the weekend from baseball. Jump in. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. The lines are always open for you on Under the Hood. You tell me that I'm wrong or tell me that I'm right, but you tell me about sports and coronavirus. There's just morons out there that just don't believe in it just because they studied science for three weeks instead of scientists that have been studying it for 30 years. I'll take the, those in the lab coats over you, the non-believer about this. Tell me I'm wrong about it. But, but it's just, it is a microcosm of our society. Somebody within the Marlins or somebody thought that it was just cool not to wash their hands or not to have a mask on and not to protect someone else because it's, it's America. This is what we are. It may not be you, but this, it's, like, it's, it's all about me. Who cares about coronavirus? It doesn't affect me. I'm young or I'm older or I vote Republican or I vote, vote Democrat, so that's why I don't need to have hand sanitizer. How stupid is that? Seriously, how stupid is that? <laughs> well, my government official tells me that, uh, you know, I don't need to wear a mask. So I, I'm not going to wear a mask. Then he, then President Trump wears a mask. Now, now where's your 
moral code. Where do you go now? Right? So now you got people on both sides of the aisle wearing the mask. Now where do you go? Yeah, you go and you ask your family, you ask your neighbor whether or not you should wear a mask or not. Selfish, completely selfish. I would never want to make you sick. But you probably feel differently, like you couldn't care less about me. But that's America. That's who we are. It may not be you, but a lot of it is our country. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. We'll hear from David Schoenfeld, his thoughts about the Marlins. What could happen to the baseball season? We'll talk about it as we move forward right here on UTH. This is Under the Hood on ESPN 1000. Follow at TweetJHood on Twitter. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Hey, Bulls fans, Tom Thibodeau has a new job with the New York Knicks. Can you believe this? We'll talk about that coming up at 735 right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Okay, we have summer of football as well. Oh, the tears are here. Eric showed me that earlier today, that the tears, the quarterback tears, my favorite column. The quarterback tiers, written by Mike Sando every year. He used to work for ESPN, and now he's with TheAthletic.com. The quarterback tiers, where's Mitch Trubisky and or Nick Foles amongst the best quarterbacks in the NFL? Find out at 8 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000. So glad you're with us. Hope you had a great weekend and having a great Monday night with you. Talking to you just about what's happening with the Miami Marlins as they have 11 players, two coaches that uh, are part of a – outbreak of coronavirus with this Miami Marlins team. Um, the story comes from ESPN. Major League Baseball has postponed two games scheduled for tonight and one for Tuesday because of a coronavirus outbreak. Both games of the Marlins home opener against Baltimore. They're off. Phillies home game against the Yankees also postponed. Miami just completed a series in Philadelphia and seven more players and two coaches uh, with the Marlins tested uh, positive for coronavirus, an outbreak has spread throughout their clubhouse and brought the total cases in recent days to 13, according to Jeff Passett and Jesse Rogers, who are both working the story. Just amazing. Some thoughts from David Schoenfield from ESPN.com, uh, his initial reaction to the Marlins story. Well, I guess my first thing, you know, and we should have realized this on Sunday, but why do they play the game Sunday? Because... Four Marlins, we knew Sunday morning, had tested positive, yet they went ahead with the game, which, to my understanding, is against you know the protocols of this uh, whole situation because you're supposed to do you know, contact uh, tracing, which means, well, obviously, many players on the Marlins had been in contact with their teammates. Um, you know, so I don't know why the game was played Sunday. It seems like in retrospect, obviously it shouldn't have been, which puts all the Phillies at harm. And that puts the Phillies next opponent, which was supposed to be the Yankees tonight at harm. So that's the ripple effect. And that's why getting through this season is going to be hard is it only takes one outbreak on one team. And this is what well, we've seen this all across the country. Um, this virus can spread in a hurry. So um, it's, yeah, it's scary, scary news for the likelihood of baseball getting through the year, I think. 
David Schoenfeld, one of our more optimistic guys when it comes to baseball. Not even sure we can get through 60 games because it's scary. It's the first weekend you get an outbreak. <laughs> it was so much for him oh. to have that like negative out. Like, he apologized after we were talking. He's like, I'm sorry I'm so down because he's normally not. He's normally just like that baseball guy. Loves it. And he was, he's like, man. This is rough news after the first weekend. It is. And I can understand. Like, he's always got the information. He just, like, he's so big because he sees it like many of us see it. Like, the hope is that you can get to 60 games in the playoffs. The hope is, is that the numbers will be down like it was from the last testing. But it, the, there's, it's on the bubble. These uh, players are still traveling from city to city, and it's just different. It's just different. And someone with the Marlins decided that it's okay to be able to be out there and now get an outbreak. The other thing is, is that Major League Baseball can be a, a tire fire many more times than not. This this Manfred, good lord! Like if the Marlins knew that there were positive tests and, they were, and everyone knew about it, why was that game played? Were they afraid that the fans would be upset because they couldn't take in the game? There are no fans. There are no fans. So this is not one of those situations where we have to cancel the game, keep your ticket stub for a future game. It's not that at all. I think that's the worst thing that has come out about this whole situation with the Marlins was that it, it came down to a group text thread of Marlins players deciding whether to come out yesterday or not to play. Shouldn't that be taken away from them? That should not be their choice. See? Like That needs to be done above them whether we should be playing or not. So they went out there because players want to play. What was that group text for the Utah Jazz when Rudy Gobert got it? Was there a group text for that? No. I mean, that was, that was cold shoulder. I'm never talking to him again. Right. But you, yeah. you understand the point, though. No, like, I do. Yeah, like, like you know, what was group text there? No, the NBA says, no, we're shutting this blank down. That's enough of this. That's how that works. So it's just, it just amazing. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. And just when you are getting into the groove, I know I don't know about you. Based on the calls, lack of calls we had in our first hour for the baseball show, it looks like nobody was watching the Cubs and Sox, which is amazing to me. Um, but I know that I was very happy to be able to see baseball out there for to see the Cubs and Sox. And whether it is 60 games or 45 or whatever it is, at least we're getting live sports. It means a lot to a lot of people. I know that I enjoy talking to you about it. Uh, but, you know, baseball sometimes just can't get out of their own way. Uh, Bob is in Park Forest with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Hi, Bob. Hi, Jonathan. It's good you're highlighting the importance of people taking precautions. I have a question for you. Yes, sir. I, you know, all, all I've heard about the, the Marlin story is what, the, what I've been able to tune into your, to ESPN here and a little bit I've read online. Is, is there any uh, verification that this outbreak was caused by players not wearing uh, masks or taking precautions? Uh, or, or, uh, I mean, or, even, or even if they were, uh, not taking precautions um, was was that the cause? I mean, do, do you really know if they're having this, or are you just assuming something? Or what? I, I believe that if someone connected uh, contacted the coronavirus, it came from a player, which we're trying to figure out who player or oh, players. But, but was because of a, someone not wearing a mask because you're, I, 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 I I know the importance of it, and I wear one, and it's great that you're emphasizing that. But as far as this very specific instance. 
is, is there evidence that, you know, some of the Marlins players are being careless or, or careless or not, just weren't wearing a mask at, at a specific time, and then they con- contracted it, and then it spread? I, I texted Jesse because he's working on the report, Jesse Rogers and Jeff Passan, yeah. to find it because we have to find out what, what the beginning of this, right? Clearly right. someone someone had coronavirus, several players had a coronavirus, and it spread. So I'm working right. on the impetus of how it began. That might not have been because, you know, there's Marlins out there being careless. It could have been anything. Uh, just, I think I the mean, players you, deciding to play after there has been three p- well, positive the, tests yeah, was that, irresponsible. A, a very serious issue. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Bob, well, we, appreciate, we appreciate the phone call. We'll work on it, but but it's, it's what Eric talked about. You, you, try, you scratch your head trying to figure out, well, should we play or not, knowing that we're, we're positive? What? So, so, but again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's just selfishness, right? You know what's going on with coronavirus. How do you just decide through a text, ah, should we play? Should we not play? I mean, we got coronavirus. I feel good. I mean, maybe I'm into, maybe I'm not, uh, you know, someone that uh, is going to get sick from this. Of course you will. Of course you will. You, if nothing else, you need to be quarantined someplace until you are, you have negative tests. How else did you get, Eric, how else would you get coronavirus unless someone out there was careless and not doing everything they need to do to stay healthy? It's it's a matter of they have to be that that's what this difference of all these sports seasons are going to come down to is which organizations are taking this the most serious and being the most responsible are going to end up ahead in the end. Because when this is happening, somebody along that long in a chain, which you're only as strong as the wink. What is the weakest link in your chain? That's right. That's right. So someone out there messed up the whole chain. God. Yeah, so Bob, I would I would direct you to ESPN or the USA Today regarding this story. Um, I saw it earlier uh, this evening from uh, the USA Today, and I saw it on ESPN. Marlins group text was deciding factor in playing against the Phillies after the COVID nineteen outbreak. You know, thirteen now. Some are reporting fourteen. Some say thirteen. Whatever it is, too many. Uh, and a group text trying to figure out whether or not they should play or not. What? What? Uh, Rich is in uh, Lincoln Park on ESPN 1000 with Jonathan Hood. Hello, Rich. Hi. Um, I got a couple of simple questions, and without really knowing how this started, I agree 100% that the the players themselves deciding whether or not they wish to play is totally irresponsible. If they know they're positive, they know they're positive. However, the question I have, and it seems so simple, Hmm. the mask that the majority of people are wearing protect us from infecting others. Why is it that Major League Baseball doesn't mandate that when you're traveling in transit from one place on the plane, because allegedly they're speculating that a flight attendant that tested positive is the one that spread it. But if you wear a medical-grade mask or an N95 mask, it reduces the opportunity for you to get sick. So whether or not this whole debacle started because someone was irresponsible or if it's because maybe an N95 mask would have benefited everyone if they wear it. I agree. I agree. It's a simple question. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, I I, I agree with what you're saying. I appreciate your phone call. I agree with what you're saying. You're saying is that, that... 
why can't that be mandated to be able to have a mask? And again, the mask is there to protect others and to protect yourself. So no, it's a common sense question. And, and as grandma used to say, uh, common sense is not common. And that is definitely the case with a lot of people. Um, I'll just take this piece. Before, I know we're late, Eric. I just want to point, point this out. The Marlins have, have shut down, this is from the USA Today piece, shut down 14 members of their tested, uh, that p- tested positive for COVID-19. It was revealed that Sunday morning, a group text by the team, not Major League Baseball, was a deciding factor, right? After learning Sunday morning that their starting pitcher and two other players tested positive for the virus with an outbreak looming, Marlins players turned to their starting shortstop, Miguel Rojas, to determine whether or not they're going to play Sunday. That's Dr. Miguel Rojas. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Not to be confused with Dr. Don Cooper. Uh, we made the decision that we're going to uh, continue to do this, and we're going to continue to be responsible and just play the game as hard as we can, Rojas said, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer. Not playing was never the mentality. We knew that this was going to happen at some point. We came to the ballpark and we were ready to play. That was never our thought that we weren't going to play. Because you're a competitor or because you're Jag? Seriously, like, like you're playing because why? Because you want to go out there and compete. But what about everyone else around you? This is what I'm talking about with selfishness, right? So Rojas wants to play because he's a competitor. Great. But you're not supposed to be out there with COVID-19, with teammates with COVID-19. Another one of these guys clearly doesn't either believe in it or couldn't care less if they get other people sick. And like Don Mattingly, the manager, the, the the maligned, beleaguered manager of the Marlins, he's kind of an unofficial team captain of our club. He's always texting the group and getting the feelings from our group. So when we're dealing with situations like this, uh, that's usually who we're working through. <laughs> so an old player, a bunch of players are deciding whether it's okay or not. That's what it comes down to. It It, it should be done. By the team president, by MLB, like all those decisions should not be in the hands of players in a text thread. Get a 113-page manual on what to do with coronavirus. Exactly. At, and Dr. Rojas is going to tell <laughs> players, should we play thumbs up or thumbs down? That was, on, that was on page 33. See, see, some that are listening think I just, just rant for a living or just say things, open mouth say things. There's a reason why I'm saying these things. I say these things because it's factual. That people are just going to do whatever the hell they want to do in 2020. This always been like that anyway. But now in the eyes of a pandemic, people are going to do whatever they want to do, Eric. They're going to do whatever they want to do. Hey, wear a mask. Make sure that you wash your hands. Make, just to make sure that you don't have coronavirus, make sure you protect yourself. Couldn't care less. Time to party. You know, just it just it is just amazing. More calls on this three one two three three two ESPN three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. Uh, we'll get your thoughts on that coming up next. The former Bulls coach has yet another job. Why? We talk about it next on YouTube. This is under the hood. Listen to me. Under the hood podcasts are available now on the all new ESPN Chicago app. Available on your device now. This is ESPN one thousand Chicago's home for sports. <laughs> Love that guitar riff. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. 
Glad you're with me here on this Monday night. We got summer football every night at 8 o'clock. I give you some football tonight. It's going to be my favorite summer of football of all time, at least for this this offseason. And that is the quarterback tears. Love that column so much. It puts a smile on my face. Wait until you hear it at 8 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000 as we break down Trubisky, Foles, and everything else around the National Football League as far as the most important position, the quarterback position. So did you hear over the weekend, Jeff Dickerson and I were on um, for three to seven on Saturday. That's where you could find us, JD and I, Dickerson Hood, three to seven right here on ESPN 1000 on Saturdays. We were together, and the news broke while we were on the air regarding Tom Thibodeau becoming the new head coach for the New York Knicks. So we knew this was happening. There was a issue and a little snag in the negotiations to have Thibodeau become the new head coach. The the money's right, and so now here we are. Not Dan Tony, not Derek Fisher, not Mike Woodson, not Jeff Hornacek, not David Fisdale, but Tom Thibodeau. Those players I just those coaches I just mentioned, those were the former coaches of the Knicks. And so here he is, Tom Thibodeau, age sixty two now. And he signed a five year deal to coach the Knicks. You know, if you go to any barber shop or if you go to any sports forum, any message board, or if you just get on social media or and just start a trend and so, a thread about Tom Thibodeau, someone's going to say Tom Thibodeau ruined the opportunity for the Bulls to win a championship in the Derrick Rose era. And I will always say that that's not the case. Thibodeau is not the reason why it happened. The reason why it happened is because LeBron's great. LeBron was the hammer and the Bulls were the nail. Yes, it's unfortunate that Derrick Rose had an injury. It could happen at any time. But Tom Thibodeau took the brunt of the Derrick Rose injury that started off in a litany of injuries for Derrick Rose in his career that set him back. But, of course, there are many that will look at this, the Derrick Rose being injured against the Sixers, and say that Thibodeau is the reason. Well, one thing for sure is that Tom Thibodeau is a demanding coach. I don't have to really go down through the resume. I just want to give a refresher of what is going to happen now. Thibodeau is a demanding coach. He wants things his way. In an offensive league, he wants a defensive prowess. And I will tell you, for his time with the Bulls, especially with the injuries that the Bulls suffered, uh, no coach got more out of his team than Thibodeau did. He was able to run an offense through Joe Kim Noah as the point center at one point because of the many injuries that they suffered. So I always take my hat off to that because he had to come up with some kind of innovation, some kind of uh, tongue depressors and yarn to put together some kind of offense to help the Bulls win games when they had a lot of injuries. And you think about all the great coaches in Bulls history. Well, Phil Jackson's on the top of that list. He's the GOAT when it comes to that. And then Tom Thibodeau's right there in the team photo on the Mount Rushmore great Chicago Bulls coaches. The one-loss record speaks for itself. There's, that's no argument. If you do have an issue with that, then you're not paying attention. But here's the thing about Tom. When Tom was with the Bulls, Tom did things his way. <laughs> the stories about him locking the door uh, at the Bulls facility, not allowing Pax and Gar to come in because he didn't want to hear from them. He just wanted to do things his way. Eh, you know, there was always going to be a ceiling to the success for the Bulls because of LeBron playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So 
now then he goes from the Bulls job to working at ESPN, goes to the the job with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And as much as someone likes Zach Levine or likes Carl Anthony Townsend and Wiggins, it was a young core, 25 and younger. He couldn't get that dog to hunt. Defensive guru could not get that team to guard. They scored a lot of points, but they didn't get a chance to guard. Thibodeau did lead the Timberwolves to a playoff at birth for the first time in 12, 13 years in that franchise's history. It, it, it was a long drought until Thibodeau got there. So he got to the playoffs. There's value to that. But that team never defended. That team was never going to respond to Tom. Jimmy Butler comes in there, and he sets the place on fire. Because Jimmy wants to play a certain way, a hard way that he learned from Tom Thibodeau. And the players that were with Minnesota, that just wasn't going to happen. Now, as much as I like Carl Anthony Towns, that guy, again, is a quality player, but is never going to guard, never going to be a great two-way player. He's not going to, he's not going to be uh, what Anthony Davis can be or Giannis Antetokounmpo can be. He's just a really solid player. Uh, and Wiggins... I've always been indifferent to him because he's just a young player that could be so much more, and he just was never going to be that guy. So now he goes to the Knicks. The Knicks are the bottom. If you think the Bulls are the bottom, though, look at the Knicks. The Knicks have the worst owner in sports in Jim Dolan. They have turned their coaches over time and time again looking for the right coach. And now with World Wide West and Leon Rose, two really big shooters in basketball circles away from the actual game, big circles, big, big circles. People know who those two are. Those are the right hires. But is Tom Thibodeau the right head coach for this? Tom is an A to B coach. This will be his last chance to be a head coach in this league. And he's going to be working with essentially young players. Taj Gibson's part of that group. Uh, Bobby Portis is part of that Knicks group. Those are two names that you and I know from the Bulls. There's a few other veterans on that roster, but primarily it's a young group. How's Tom with young players? Tom play young players very often? Not very often. Some thoughts from Nick Friedel. We talked to Nick uh, as soon as that story broke on Saturday, uh, JD and I. And we asked uh, him his thoughts about whether or not Tom Thibodeau can relate to today's stars. That's one of the single biggest questions that he's going to have to answer in those recruiting meetings in the next couple of years. Because the narrative on Tibbs is well established at this point. He... Uh, is a demanding coach. He's going to work players very hard, depending on who you talk to, depending on their experience with him. Uh, they're going to say, I love playing for Tibbs. He coached me the way uh, that I wanted to be coached. And then uh, privately, other guys will say, oh, man, Tibbs just drives everybody crazy uh, up and down the organization at times. So uh, he has got to fix uh, what is being said about him. Because players listen, as we all know, and they talk to each other. Uh, and as far as those veteran guys in the league, the thing that Tom can sell very well to anybody is that if you play the style that he wants, you will win. And he didn't have the success he wanted at the end of that uh, Minnesota tenure, but he did the whole time in Chicago. And he did uh, with that year with Jimmy Butler uh, with the Timberwolves. So, he has got to show uh, that he is not going to grind guys down. And he, uh, to me, guys, I think the biggest thing for him, not only with veteran players, but in general, he's got to be more human uh, in how he deals with everybody in the organization. And I just mean, Tom 
genuinely, we've all three talked to him a lot over the years. He is a very personable guy. My advice to him would be to show that more uh, on a public level and certainly behind closed doors within the organization and maintain the relationships, not just with players and coaches, but everybody from top to bottom. Thoughts there from Nick Friedel, who was with uh, J.D. and I on Saturday when that news broke that Tom would yet another opportunity to be a head coach in this league now at the New York Knicks. We talk about selfish players doing what they want to do out, outside the bubble and the, with the coronavirus. Lou Williams of uh, the Clippers decided to do what he wanted to do. Uh, we spoof that next right here on UTH. Go! Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Follow us on the gram at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. <laughs> so the Clippers, Lou Williams will have to have a 10-day quarantine on the Orlando campus after picking up food at Magic City. And an excused absence sidelining him through the first two seedings uh, of games, according to the NBA. So he's going to miss two seeding games and forfeit $150,000 in salary because of the strip club food at Magic City. <sighs> Gosh, it's it's so ridiculous. Lou Williams of the Clippers. The Clippers is supposed to be one of the top teams in the NBA vying for a championship. And Lou Williams, Mr. Sixth Man, decides he wants to get chicken wings or whatever food from Magic City, going to a strip club outside of the bubble. Again, selfish doing his own thing. Well, you know, Dickerson and I had to cover that. The NBA is investigating... What Los Angeles Clippers guard Lou Williams did while on an excused absence from the Orlando, Florida bubble campus so it can assess the length of his re-quarantining process. Multiple sources told ESPN on Saturday, why do you ask? Are they re-examining what Lou Williams, how long he has to be in quarantine? Well, Williams was photographed at an Atlanta Gentlemen's Club on Thursday night by the rapper Jack Harlow who quickly deleted the post from his Instagram story. Harlow tweeted on Friday, quote, that was an old pic of me and Lou. I was just reminiscing because I miss him. I had a dollar for every time I heard that excuse. <laughs> well, you know, that's all about I mean, I can imagine the fly on the wall. I'd like to be the fly on the wall to see what Doc Rivers would have to say about Lou Williams there in that situation. What are you doing, baby? <laughs> We got an opportunity to win the championship, and you out there partying outside the bubble. I'm supposed to make a call. I see LeBron out, so I've already used a snitch line, baby. But you can't be doing that. You're the sixth man of the year every single year. Why would you do that to us, baby? Why? So, I don't know, Coach. That was a old picture. You were lying. This is not an old picture. You just can't wait a few weeks, a few months. My goodness, these players. Man, back in my day, I would just get a magazine. <laughs> well, you know, we've all been to Atlanta. And, you know, it's, it's good stuff. Just use a magazine next time. <laughs> you don't have to go inside the club. Man, it was me and Trey Rollins and Blair Rasmussen. We would just have the magazines, baby. <laughs> it would cover everything. You don't need to be out there in the flesh. Throw dollars at the magazine. Well, that's this that's this or that there, Jeff. That is a PSA. 
from Doc Rivers, who, who had no, has seen a thing or two in his time. Yes. All right, Ryan. Well, can you follow that up with some this or that question? I sure can. Okay, magazine or strip? No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that one. Just throw uh, dollars at the magazine, baby. <laughs> Don't worry about the rest. No one wants me to do this or that right now, Jeff. Like, do we just let's just do, we have five minutes. Let's just give it to Hoodie here. Take Doc it out. Rivers says, back in my day. We would just look at the hosiery, you know, like the, the nylons. That's all you needed, just a little leg. It'll get you through the night, baby. So, who won the trade, Seahawks or Jets? <laughs> Jeff, you first. I can't even think about this right now. All right, who is heading in a better direction, Jets or Knicks? Jeff, go. Um, uh, well... I would say uh, because Thibodeau is going to be the head coach, Jonathan. Back that, in my uh, day, we would just throw coins. <laughs> we wouldn't even have dollar bills. Just, you know, the half dollars. You know, that, those are good, too. That's still currency, baby. The vending machines in the men's room. Those were enough. <laughs> coach, coach, would you use toonies or loonies? That was enough. Always a loony, baby. Always a loony. <laughs> I would say Jets. I think that the oh, Jets really? have a, a team. Have a, well, I would think that their future is pretty bright. You know, it's it, even though they don't have Jamal Adams now, it's those draft picks. That's the capital. And, again, it's really for the future, not necessarily the present. So I would say the Jets. All right. Fair enough. Which fan base was happier to get rid of their disgruntled star? The Steelers, when they finally got rid of Antonio Brown, or today, Jets fans, as they see Jamal Adams walk out the door. Hoodie, you first. I think, you know, I think it's the Steelers, um, even though there was a disconnect with Ben Roethlisberger, right? Ben Roethlisberger would talk to the, the to the management, Colbert, the general manager, and I think that that was as bad a relationship as you could find, wasn't it, Jeff? Because, yeah. you know, Roethlisberger was saying some things on the uh, local radio, the fan in Pittsburgh about what's going on with the team, and... Brown, I think, was part of that. So I think that's that was really hard feelings there. Well, Brown was causing a lot of problems. I mean, I mean, yeah. it was time for him to go. But here's the thing. I don't understand the Jet fan that's happy that Maul Adams is gone. Right. Why are you happy he's gone? He's a great player. He wasn't a bad guy in the locker room. What did he do? He called out your owner, your head coach, and your GM. All three of whom, Jonathan, probably deserve to be called out yeah. on some level. So, like... Why any Jets fan is happy that Jamal Adams is gone, I, I, I do not know. In that case, trust the player more so than anything else because sure. he's giving me the inside view of what's going on with the Jets. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, we're all baseball fans here. Uh, Hoodie is a White Sox fan. Jeff, you are, of course, a Cubs fan. Baseball is back, and this question has to do with neither of those teams. But what would you rather see, a solid web gem or a home run? What gets you more excited when we're watching the highlights on SportsCenter? Uh, well, for me personally, it's a solid web gem because I, I see home runs every single day. It's the great defensive play that comes out of nowhere that, you know, gets my, uh, for lack of a better phrase, Doc, my juice is flowing. You know what I mean? I'll watch it now. Good uh, magazine. Let's... What? <laughs> Watch it now. Only an hour till. Hey, listen, only a minute till the hard out. We can get there, guys. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second now. Um, I would say a web gem also because the home run has become so common. Um, you know, and I would ask you about what about your about my godson's. Uh, what about his league? 
do you like a better defensive play or just a, a ringing home run or a ringing double down the line? Um, I probably at his age love the big hits a little more mm-hmm. at his age. But, I mean, I see everything. We had a grand slam last night in our game. Mm-hmm. Tons of web gems. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, again, I just think at the major league level, because home runs are so common, I think the web gem is is a little more exciting. But at, at the youth level, the big hits always get you going. When I was going out, I loved the web gem, baby. Every night, the web gem. All in the magazine. Cheaper. <laughs> four ninety five on the stand. Don't go out, baby. <laughs> Words to live by from Doc Rivers. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Hi, everybody. On ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.